Welcome to another podcast from VJ Oncology. Today, we'll be sharing highlights from the Yukon's 2022 annual meeting, which was held in person for the first time since the pandemic. The main theme of Yukon's 2022 was cancer care in the digital age. And through exciting presentations, posters and debate, some of the biggest challenges facing oncology nursing were addressed. VJ Oncology had the pleasure to speak with key actors from Yukon's 2022, who shared some of the crucial learnings. First up, listen as Yukon's president, Mark Folks from the Royal Berkshire NHS Foundation Trust presents an overview of the Yukon's 2022 debate. Uh, firstly, the Yukon's debate is fun, so it's uh, it's meant to be it's meant to be on the corner of serious and fun. So uh, we had uh, three very senior nurses. Uh, we had um, Elaine Tomlin speaking uh, for, and it links to the theme of technology. Really, we talked about uh, whether it's best to have uh, a face-to-face consultation t- uh, consultations over the telephone or video and sort of technological in- in- interactions. Uh, so we had three senior nurses and. Elaine Tomlin's presented the case for face-to-face. We had uh, Philippa Jones uh, presenting the case for telephone consultation, and we had Professor Joe Arms talking on behalf of embracing technology and doing those sort of video-type calls. So, um, and we gave them uh, uh, four minutes to present their case. Um, I suppose I expected, kind of, that people would gravitate towards um, um, Elaine's argument for face-to-face consultations because that's our history and that's what nurses tend to do. Well, in fact, it was Philippa Jones who presented a very strong uh, sort of message, a very strong case for telephone consultations uh, uh, that won the day. So, so I found that quite interesting. Next, we spoke with Catherine Oakley from Guys and St. Thomas's NHS Foundation Trust who answered the question, how have digital innovations improved cancer nursing? So I think digital informations have, sorry, I think digital innovations have great potential to improve cancer care. So over COVID, we've had to use more sort of digital approaches. I think certainly looking at SAC patients, we've developed an online resource with films where staff are talking to the patients about side effects. So we know they're getting consistent information and the right information. Um, there's opportunities to um, <clears throat> bring patients into group meetings through um, Zoom or or, um, Teams meetings, so saving patients having to keep travelling up to the cancer centre. I suppose also just around teaching, because there's more online teaching for nurses um, now. Lastly, Joe Arms from the University of Surrey discusses the perception and experience of potential occupational exposure to cytotoxic drugs. It's a three-part study aimed at identifying the incidence of cancer in the prison population and then to explore whether having being diagnosed with cancer in prison affects people's clinical outcomes. So do they get the same treatment as the people in the general population and what's that is their survival similar to that to the general population? And then the second part of the study was around looking at the, what it's like for someone to be diagnosed with cancer in prison, not and then also the experience of the professionals, so both the prison and um, oncology staff in the community. So what we found was that the, the incidence rates for cancer are similar to the general population, but for men there are certain cancers that are less likely to be diagnosed in prison, so colorectal, prostate and testes cancer. Uh, men are less likely to be treated surgically and that the survival rates for men in prison is poorer than in the general population.
In terms of experience, it was uh, there are a number of points in the, the diagnostic pathway where there were key barriers to being um, diagnosed. So getting an appointment with a GP in prison is, is quite a hard process because people have to submit a written application which is triaged by healthcare and it may or they may or may not get um, an appointment on the basis of that triaging process. Um, and then there was evidence, well there were people talked about how having um, prison officers who escort the patients in some of the cons in, in the consultations could inhibit discussions about around sensitive issues. Um, and then obviously there were um, common themes that emerge around communication between patients and their oncology professionals, um, which is largely limited to the face-to-face -face consultations that they have when they attend hospital and communication difficulties between um, all the professional groups that largely are due to structural issues within the two organisations. So really, I mean, we, we found that there are material differences in the care that uh, people who are diagnosed with cancer in prison get. Thanks for listening and thank you to all our wonderful speakers. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To keep up to date on the latest updates in oncology, make sure to subscribe on your favourite podcast app, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Podbean, so we can continue to deliver expert-led content straight to you. And finally, don't forget to check out vjoncology.com for all the latest coverage from UConn's 2022 and more.